All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Education Insider Short. I'm here with one of my good friends and fellow attendee of the Tech and Learning Ed Exec Summit that took place a few weeks ago, uh, Colin Ernst. I'm super pumped to be here with him. We're going to share just a little bit of information about what we thought of the show and some takeaways for all of you that, that weren't there, uh, but also dive into some of the really critical things that Colin covered in his session um, specific to various growth stages of companies and what they can do to manage that change um, and grow with it. So, uh, Colin, if you could give the listeners an intro, get a little background and, you know, maybe share a few of your high level takeaways. What'd you think of the conference? Yeah, Jacob, great to see you. Um, yeah, so I've I've been in this ed tech space for 20 plus years, all, most of that in high growth organizations and helping them scale and build great teams, great processes, great leaders. And that's been kind of my driving uh, my driving passion throughout my time. And it was great to be able to get back with similarly minded folks at the Ed Exec Summit. You and I were chatting earlier about events like EdNet and SIIA and even the ASU GSV conferences that have, have endured a little bit differently. This was kind of a really nice mix of all of those. I thought it was you know, a really manageable size where you could actually spend quality time with folks and great opportunities to do so. And then dig in with, with a handful of great sessions. So this was just a such a breath of fresh air and, and a beautiful setting, by the way, where they hosted, didn't you think? I, you know, I did. And I, I didn't take advantage of any of the wine tours. I, I don't drink much these days. And so I'm a little worried about having a couple glasses of wine during the day. <laughs> like I'd have to go probably take a nap. And right. being a closet introvert, like I already have to step away a little bit during the day. Um, so I don't need the naps, but it, it was gorgeous. You know, I remember pulling up, I felt like I was pulling up to Richie Rich's house, like from the, <laughs> in the movie. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to hit on the, the sessions. You know, I, I felt like given, you know, tech and learning's focus on trying to recreate that community aspect of, of EdNet, they did a really good job of compartmentalizing or like creating tracks for sessions. Um, and so I, I really appreciated that I actually wanted to attend more than one session at every time period. When in the past, while I'm not knocking any of those conferences, I more often than not was trying to set meetings for myself, meetings for my clients, that kind of stuff during those sessions. Did yeah. you have one or two, you know, sessions or some takeaways that you felt were were really good from sessions you attended? Yeah, I thought the sessions for me were a really great mix of opportunities to learn about how to share stories about customer success or how to, to, to tell what's going well, whether it's from a marketing standpoint or to help other districts do you know similar kinds of uh, initiatives and be successful with the need you can serve. Also, how to actually communicate with customers, right? I attended a great session with really understanding what's going on in the mind of, of administrators, especially today, and how to really be respectful of that, how to be a supporter and, and kind of confident almost to those administrators who are we're going through so much right now. And then another session I attended was about what are some of the really the mistakes and kind of pitfalls that ed tech execs kind of fall into maybe you were at this, this same session it was a really nice kind of handed look at um you know a couple kind of reality checks for what it what's like to actually work in the high growth ed tech space so it was it was a nice balance of all these different angles that we need as ed tech leaders to grow our businesses but at the same time there were great opportunities to be, to be able to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations and uh you know space and and air to be able to do that you know i, I love that and I, I i'm gonna give you a nice segue into talking about um your session i felt like sometimes the sessions i was going to it's almost like they planned them that they're they were building off each other and um you know i 
I presented there and I, we, I presented with a couple of former educators. They probably call themselves current educators still. Um, but, uh, but in any case, we talked about how important relationship is and, you know, those kinds of things. But I think a common theme in that panel, as well as others, was, you know, that these are people um, and we need to remember that and that, you know, they're just like you and I and anyone else listening to this podcast. They have the same issues in their personal lives, um, you know, issues at work, office politics, um, all of those stressors that we have in our lives. And so we have to remember to take that into account and, you know, maybe address that human first other than trying to sell to that human. Um, but I found a lot of value in your session. Um, you and Allison presented on some really unique things and I've actually already implemented a couple of things from your session. Um, uh, I'm gonna give Allison a shout out here. Uh, I've actually, I'm working on adding more meetings to my calendar right now, which is contrary to everything I believe, um, but she just light bulb moment me in that session of, if I can do more meetings uphill, I can have less meetings or less friction downhill. So. Um, in any case, I'll, I'll hand you the mic to give some of the, the high points of your session, Colin. It was a really good one. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jacob. It was so great to have you there in the room. Uh, yeah, I, I presented with uh, one of my former colleagues and an advisory board member for the EdTech Leadership Collective, Allison Deutsch. She's VP of uh, Curriculum Assessment and Data at Lexia Learning. And you know, she and I both saw that organization through some uh, pretty dramatic growth changes from startup to mid-market to now enterprise company. and our session that we presented on was around how as companies grow, the needs to really shift in these kind of, we call hidden hurdles of ed tech growth start to creep up. And, and whether you're growing from a founding team to that first management group, or whether you're a larger organization adding those next layers of kind of managers of managers, there's things that really start to you know break down. So as you grow, communication needs to look a lot differently and lean on your middle managers versus being top down. And decision-making needs to become more distributed across organizations. So how do we empower folks to make decisions and really carry the business forward? We also talked a bit about how strategic alignment is really important for, for distributed decision-making and process systems and fundamentals. Those all become more integrated because without these things in place, when these hidden hurdles start to creep up, uh, what you find is decision-making becomes really slow, right? and you spend so much time in one-on-one -on -one meetings versus actually leading the business forward as a leader and what you often find also is that your teams actually don't gain traction they need to move the business forward so you're adding more people to an organization but it seems like business moves more slowly and that's that's a sign that these hidden hurdles that we talked about uh, are starting to creep up and you need to think a little bit different about how you lead how you organize your company. You know, I, I love how you talk through that. Um, I, I think the listeners here know that, or maybe I've shared, I'm a, also a closet history nerd. At one point, I thought I wanted to be a history teacher. And I, I'm listening to an Age of Napoleon podcast right now. It's super dry, but if you're a history nerd, it's a good one. Check it out. Um, but yesterday, the episode I listened to, they basically talked about the Prussian force. They lost to Napoleon. Um, they had superior forces, superior everything. But the way they treated their officer corps was, are as order takers. They were not involved in planning and strategy or anything. And so they literally lost the war and their independence because they didn't empower that middle level of leadership. Um, it's wild, you know, the scale that this can happen at. It can be one leadership member and one team that you're talking about or tens of thousands of troops that, you know, literally the entire thing was lost because they failed to empower that, that level of leadership. So, um, you know, I'd, as a small company, you know, I have 15 employees. 
Um, I feel these pains as well. And the way that I've had to look at this is how do I continue putting myself in a position that I'm working on the business versus for the business. I think maybe that applies the same to what you're talking about for any level of leadership is how do you start working for that instead or start working on that instead of for that, whether it's a team, it's a department, it's hiring new employees, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I love that analogy about the, you know, the, the those middle leaders in, a, in an organization. Um, and that's, it's funny, that's one of the things that I often preach to my team members is really kind of separating their mind, time to work in the business and work on the business. Don't just be caught in the day-to-day, -day, but take time to step back and have those conversations with your with your middle-level leaders to actually work on strategically leading the business forward. But you know what we find, we did a, a research study last year to ask EdTech leaders about a number of things around uh, leadership and middle management. And we found most companies aren't actually investing the time in supporting and training up those middle level leaders, those non-exec leaders. I think about 15% said they actually feel they're doing enough to support these middle level leaders. But at the same time, only 18% felt like they could actually hire from within when they have vacancies on their team. So it's it's kind of this, this cycle that we don't seem to be at. And that's what the EdTech Leadership Collective is focused on, really providing that support peer support and executive coaching to develop those middle level leaders to help carry the business forward you know and i appreciate you sharing a little more detail on what you you all do at the the ed, leader, ed tech leadership collective um folks if you're listening please don't hold colin to those numbers exactly he may have been off a little bit but we will link to that report that he's quoting so you will get exact numbers just in case there's also a link to a webinar that he's hosting soon um check that out the link is going to be in the show notes everybody you know i show up and he'll dive into you know some of this stuff and more um you know it's, it's interesting as you're talking i think about you know my own what i'm trying to do and you know all of those kinds of things and as i've continued to make the shift and this has taken years um as a founder as you know having to play different roles of recognizing when that role is no longer relevant or is no longer playing you know making the impact that once did um when i'm starting to try to to shift that how little I've empowered some of my team members and I have to slow down to empower them. Otherwise, all I'm doing is just changing the way I'm going about the same thing. Um, it's still me, it's still dependent on me, it's all of that kind of stuff. It's just somebody else helping me shuffle the cards. Uh, so I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned pe companies not taking the time. I think sometimes it's hard to see the issue that you're highlighting and it's difficult to identify that that might be the or a root cause. And so maybe you could end this with recommendations of how can companies or leadership members take a step back and assess whether this is happening or whether they need to be taking a harder look at what they're providing so that maybe they can answer those questions you, you quoted earlier a little bit more favorably. Yeah, I think whether we're leading a small organization or leading a department within a larger org, we're all entrepreneurs. And these kinds of changes don't come naturally. And it's not until you start to see some of these hidden hurdles creep up that you, you might stop back, step back and say, gosh, I really need to kind of pull things apart a bit more. And it's some of those things like seeing decision-making becoming really slow and you're adding more people, but you're actually not gaining traction or the communication and values alignment is really starting to erode. So we're gonna unpack all of these uh, early next month when we do the webinar around the four hidden hurdles. So a little plug to join us for that. And we can dive in depth and really walk folks through how to spot these and how to um, how to really conquer those obstacles. I love it. I love it. Reminder again for listeners, the link to that webinar will be um, in the, uh, the show notes. Um, 
And so, you know, one last thing I think just is relevant that I've learned through some of the work I'm trying to do is I've let go of trying to make things, you know, go my way and do things my way um, and communicated more to the team where we need to land and what my vision is for that landing pad and letting them figure it out and pull in the resources, me included if needed, to chart that course. It's been really difficult for me to let go of that because I know my way works, but I've also learned that my way works for me. It doesn't work for the village. It doesn't work for the team. And so I've learned that the hard way many times over. My team can probably attest to that, but that was <laughs> one of the hardest things for me. And so, you know, I, I really appreciate the time and the insights, Colin, and the work you're doing. Um, I look forward to the webinar. You know, I'll be there uh, and probably, you know, ask you some difficult questions. Um, but I just appreciate the work you're doing. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate it. Awesome.